Hey, parents and little adventurers. Ever wondered where hot dogs come from? Dive into a world of wonder with the new children's book about cellular agriculture. Cellular agriculture? What's that? It's the science behind tomorrow's foods. Discover the journey of a family barbecue in a way that's fun, educational, and downright tasty. Grab your copy of Where Do Hot Dogs Come From? on Amazon today. Yum! The future sounds so delicious. Curious for more? Visit www.hotdog.fyi. Happy reading! Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're excited to have Dr. John Akali as the guest for today's episode. Before we get started, I'd like to mention the new food conference, which is taking place on March 21st and 22nd in Berlin. Tickets are now sold out. Check out proveg.com slash new dash food dash conference to learn more about the event. Live Cells versus Livestock Session 2, following policy and regulation, is taking place at Santa Clara University in California on April 18th. Learn more about the event at futurefoodshow.com slash events. New Harvest 2019 is happening on July 21st and 22nd at the MIT Media Lab. Learn more and register for the latest New Harvest Conference at 2019.new-harvest.org. We attended the event last year and there was really an outstanding crowd within the cellular agriculture community at the event. The 2019 edition of the Cultured Meat Symposium is taking place in mid-November. Learn more about the event and register for early bird tickets at www.cms19.com. This episode was recorded on February 14th, 2019. John Akali, MD and PhD, is a full professor of cellular and molecular biology. He received his MD from Ankara University and PhD from the University of Cincinnati in the Department of Molecular Biology and Genetics. Currently, he's a faculty member at Ankara University at the School of Medicine. He's also a vice president at the Stem Cell Research Institute in Ankara University. He is an expert in stem cell and developmental biology. He's also an independent genetics consultant specialized in stem cell and frequently requested to act as an expert in stem cell-based medical operations and discussions. Professor Akali is the co-founder of the startup BeefTech.co. BeefTech is the first and only company in the area of cell-based meat in Turkey. John, I'm excited to welcome you to the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. Thanks, Alex, for having me for this show in your discussion. John, tell us a little bit about your background and when you actually started working on cultured meat. I'm a full professor in cell biology and developmental biology, and I'm also a vice president of Stem Cell Institute in Ankara University. And in the last year or so, we were working on with my colleagues on this stem cell. I spent my whole, almost whole life in the stem cell biology. I was aware of this culture meat notion or the concept of culture meat. And then we were, we gathered with a couple of my colleagues and set up a firm, a biotech company. And then we started to do what can we contribute in this area in the culture meat industry. And when you first heard about cultured meat, was it through uh, press events or uh, the news or was it through scientific journals and publications? No, it's the press event and the not scientific journals or the conferences. But my colleague, he's actually my student before in 10 years ago. 
We discussed with him, Dr. Dr. Erdem Erikci, who is the co-founder of company, also in this co, uh, Biftek Co. I learned more information, much of information about this culture meet from him. And then he said that this is an area which is growing and in future is going to be and the hot topic for the benefit of the human. And then we started. So we said that, that that's okay, that's a good idea, then we will start. And like around more than a year ago, we start this. And then we followed the, some meetings afterwards. Then we increase our information, knowledge about the business part of this uh, culture meet. I mean, the biology part of the culture meet or the stem cell biology of any kind. You know, I have some information for this or knowledge, but we increase our knowledge in the business part. Um, we discuss with other people also and uh, finance people and what can we do to, to generate this kind of, to be part of this culture meet industry. And then we are at this point now. So there's several different strategies to to take on when you're working on cell culture for food. What specifically is your team focused on and what kind of end result or end product will your company produce? Before I should tell, I should say that um, we set up a company in the technology development center of the Ankara University in Turkey, in Ankara. And here in this startup company, we are planning or we we aim to develop the media for the culture meet. Uh, which is less expensive and less time-consuming. At uh, this time, the cost of the culture meat, some part is coming from the media that are being used during this process. So we set up this company to generate or to develop some new media, uh, some new cocktails based on its developmental process. And instead of using the turtle calf serum, instead of using this, so we, we, we plan to develop some new media for as a startup and then um, to decrease the cost of the production and also to decrease the cost of the time to produce muscle cells from the muscle stem cells. So our aim is, in our minds, there are five, six different cocktails and we are currently being testing these cocktails on the proliferation and the differentiation of these stem cells. And so far, so good. There are some results that we have been witnessing, which is these some some cocktails are much more useful and less expensive compared to the media that has been used during the development of the muscle cells. And do you think that the media that you create will ultimately be animal-free or will there still be animal products? We cannot just 100% say that animal-free, but we are trying to understand what makes these cells more differentiation, directs these cells to, the, to more efficient differentiation these stem cells. So we combine our efforts with some proteomics labs in Turkey, in Ankara University. Um, So our research and development strategies uh, somehow include animal product. But the thing that we are going to get when we dissect out which proteins are more useful than the others, then it will be 100% animal free. In regards to Turkey specifically, what is the public perception of cell-based meat? Is it something that people accept? Is it something that people know about? And would they be willing to swap out traditional meat for cultured meat? First of all, I should say that we are the first and the only company in Turkey with the cultured meat, in the development of cultured meat. So this is somehow not very familiar to Turkish public. 
But in the last month or so, we have been interviewed with five, six different television stations about this process uh, after our efforts have been published in a, in a newspaper. So now people are starting to hear more about us. And the, uh, the outcome is a little bit complex. Many people in Turkey, after these interviews from the television stations, I mean, I have been following, I, I follow this on the, in the YouTube or the other sources and saying that, you know, the, there is a huge, uh, there is a co- considerable population of vegetarian and vegan population in Turkey. So these people are mostly in favor, almost 99% are in favor of what we are doing, what we are aiming to do. And some traditional people are saying that I want this, I want this, I want the smell of the meat. Now the people, it's this this area. It sometimes it's difficult to talk to to the public when you say that we are going to make cell-based meat. They say that it's an artificial meat, and many concerns, many many criticisms are coming from that perspective, saying that this is an artificial meat. We don't eat it. But the problem with or the it's not an artificial meat, and the other thing is it will be less the economy. We made the calculations, and in 10 years. The, the money, the cost of the traditional meat industry the, will be tremendous. So in 10 years, the production will be will not be enough for the consumption. So consumption of the of the meat throughout the world. So therefore, the economy will be good for the for they they will be able to buy more protein and the good meat uh, with their money. And the other thing, because of Turkey's you know the religious concern or the religious concept. Now, many people were thinking whether this is not going, whether it's better or not, this is going to be halal food or not. And there are some concern on this in Turkey. Uh, but what we think is Bifteko is if it is good for the, uh, it is halal, if it is good for the world. So, and then uh, we, we work also the religious or the Islamic uh, teaching in the clerks and that kind of things, people to spread the words of what is good for the world. Then it is hella. These are the things that we have to work on this in, in Turkey for this uh, cell-based meat industry. Yeah, it would be cool if we got the official stamp of halal uh, once the, the products come out. Yep. In terms of laws and regulations, what is the regulatory landscape in Turkey like? If the products were available now, would they be allowed to be sold? At the moment, there is no... There is not nothing about regulatory landscape. So uh, because it is not in the business, it's not in the industry, and it's not good for. I mean, people cannot consume this. And as I told you before, this is the first and the only company of cell-based meat in Turkey. At this point, we are not. We do not have any concern regarding the regulatory landscape or regulatory rule or regulatory conditions. But I was talking to my friends days ago. Many people in Turkey who are listening and our story saying that this is we are making cell-based food, meat. These are the generation of between the age of 15 to 25. And these, these generation, they grew up with all these computer games and all, all these high-tech imaginary science fiction surrounding them when, while they were, they were growing up. So these people are more, you know, when I, I have a nephew and and he was saying that most prominent supporters of our company. And I believe that these people, this generation of people in Turkey, 
and around the world, of course, uh, will support us because they are open to science fiction, whether it's not the science fiction or not in 10 years, but they are open to this kind of development in technology. For some people that do not know about the technology or do not support it, they bring up health claims about it or against it, I should say. From a scientific perspective, do you have any concerns about health claims or whether the end products will be healthy to consume? My response, I, I receive this kind of concerns, but my response to those concerns is, how do you know that the meat that you are eating is healthy? The thing is, given the fact that you spend lots of antibiotics for generating the meat, for the traditional meat industry, if you think that spending 150 milligrams of 150 milligrams of antibiotics per kilogram of meat is healthy, then I have nothing to say uh, for the traditional meat, for the meat industry. Now, what I'm saying is, and I give this to the television uh, interviews also, and they also ask this question saying that whether this is but this one is healthy or which one is healthy? This one is a traditional. And I said that this is as health, at least as healthy as the normal traditional food because of the name implies it's clean meat. So you do not deal with the problems coming from the slaughtering the, all those animals and all these, the other kind of infectious diseases. So you are growing these meat, you are making these muscle cells in the laboratory environment. If there's a contamination, and these cells will not develop at all. So you do, you are not going to get the endpoint. So if you are going to get the endpoint in the clean meat area or the base, and this means that this is contaminated, you know, there is no problem, no use of, you know, that you don't need to use the antibiotics in excess amounts, I should say. And there is no problem of these infectious diseases or contaminated diseases from the animals. So therefore, that's the reason I'm saying the clean meat or the cell-based meat will be at least as healthy as the traditional meat. So we should, in this area, for the scientists, both the scientists or the other kind of people work in this area, we should ask this traditional meat industry or whatever you say, how do you know that your meat is safe? What do you see as some of the biggest challenges, either scientific or otherwise, for the industry? I was in San Francisco in September last year. Um, there is considerable uh, discussion about the regulatory issues about this, uh, the clean meat. So I think in the United States, if you want to commercialize, if you want to make this product to whole world, so you have to first pass the U.S., United States regulatory bodies. So at this point, I was, and when I was in in this conference, many there were many discussions about uh, who is going to regulate this food and is FDA or USDA. I think one of the and I I, I kept hearing this in the, some states there are some regulatory. Some people are trying to stop the development of this in some states, both cell-based meat and the plant-based meat. I think this is the the first and the most important hurdle that in this industry, cell-based meat has to get over because there has to be some kind of approval from U.S. government or U.S. Uh, regulatory agencies that this is okay. And then I think the, the other people, the other countries, the other regulatory countries in the world will follow their, their suggestions or their uh, their decisions. So this is, I think this is the biggest challenge. Otherwise, I don't, of course, this is, there is an economic issue. 
you know, how do you how do you decrease the cost of production? And this is where we are trying to come up with some solution at, uh, as a Biftekko, as a, for a company. But I think the biggest challenge is once we have generated this with the less, you know, with the less cost, it has to pass through these regulatory bodies. I think this is the biggest challenge. This is what I see. I see. And you touched on this a little bit, but so you think that if the U.S. or other countries might uh, make it difficult uh, from a regulatory standpoint, do you think Turkey will then follow? It's difficult to answer. Now, we are talking about an issue that's going to be real in maybe 15, 20 years from now. So we are trying to make something that is that will be more understandable in 10 or 20 years later on. So, for example, and if you look at the start of this, like 19, uh, the 1900, if you ask these people about the refrigerator, television, they would say, why we need those kind of stuff. I think if these regulatory bodies somehow say it's not okay, it will be a mistake, I think, at this point. And I think other countries will follow, I think. But there is no point to escape this. So that because the population of the earth is increasing, the food and the meat is scarce. So there has to be, people has to find some kind of solution. Um, this solution has to be peaceful, uh, has to be technological advance, the, in, include the technological advancement. So if not today, I would think maybe five years, this will come up again. So my answer to your question is, Let's say if tomorrow, if the, these regulatory bodies say no, many countries in the world will follow it, but they won't escape in five years from now. So they, it will come up again and again and again until we start going on this process. That's a great way to look at it. And I also think that mentioning the 15 to 20 years timeline is a very realistic approach. I think too many people are talking about getting to commercialization earlier, which, which might not be realistic, especially on a large scale. Yeah, if you pay like thousands of dollars for, per kilogram, and if you have money, that's okay. But we are planning to present this uh, salt-based meat to a large population. So I think it has to go, it, we need some more time. But all the developments, all we, we require, we need all these developments. So if you look five years back or six years back, it was 300 when the, when the Mark Post first announced its hamburger, it's like $300,000 per kilo. And now it's $3,000 per kilo. It's still, you know, it means 100 times less cost or the money. But still, I wouldn't buy one kilo of meat if, if, with $3,000 kilo per, uh, $3, per kilo. But what I'm saying is, whatever it is, a, it has been done or it has been developed here in all around the world will somehow, in 15 or 20 years, somehow decrease the cost because we don't have any other choice. And this is something that we have to do. This is a good transition into one of the up, you know, the next question: is that if we were to get to a scale where we could replace the traditional animal agriculture system. What would that look like from a production standpoint? So, for example, we hear of having bioreactors that are over a thousand liters, but if we were to replace animal agriculture, we would need much larger bioreactors or much larger systems. So can you imagine essentially an industrial complex devoted to the production of, of cell-based meat or, you know, producing thousands or more kilograms of this in, in the far future? 
yeah, if industrial complexes think that or you know believe that this is profitable in terms of reaching the other people to sell these their products, I think it is possible. So, but first of all, from scientific point of view, I am confident that other people in this area or my cocktails or my attempts to generate less, more cost-effective cell-based meat, scientifically, it's very sound. Now, so we are not doing this just for fun. So we are doing this because based on the scientific facts and everything. All I, I put all my maybe 30 years of my experience, stem cell biology experience on this area. But from the scientific point, I am confident. But for the big complexes, big industrial companies, these companies should understand or should, you know, should believe that this is profitable and good for their company and also good for the whole world. I think... In that case, our attempts to lower the cost will help to these complexes, these industrial companies, big industrial companies, to understand that this is something that we can do just to, you know, you cannot sell millions of tons if the meat is $3,000 per kilo, but if it is like $30 per kilo. But again, this is not going to happen tomorrow or next year. This is going to happen maybe 20 years, maybe more than 20 years, but this is the beginning. So we are in the era of starting this process. I feel very happy, actually, to be to start and to work on this area because it will shape the future of the world and uh, not, not only Turkish people or U.S. people or all over the, all over the world, just you know, to produce or to, to give more opportunities for the people to consume proteins and the meat. So I believe everything is possible but if big industry it has it had been it has been like that all over you know all if you look at the history it's like this for example in 50 years ago a television cost of a television probably is maybe 10 times or 20 times more than what the television costs at this time with, with much less features and uh, properties so we have to as a as a in this industry we have to believe those people big industries that this is something that has to be invested and also this is there is a future for this so there have been many different groups creating i guess what you can call homebrew uh cultured meat uh, there's a uh, the shojin meat project in japan where they have different protocols for people that could create cultured meat on a very small scale at their home what do you think about this and do you think that in the future we'll have kind of machines that will produce cultured meat for us in the home in the home, I probably won't see this. It is, of course, possible. So, based on the uh, in in scientific point of view, it's of course possible. If you are able to get this biopsy from these animals, um, if these people are doing these iPS cells induced to the protein stem cells specific for that specific species, but the problem is in that case is um, you have to introduce some kind of external, let's say, either virus or um, adenovirus or some kind of other kind of vehicles to produce iPS cells from these animals. So, but if you are working or if you are thinking of saying this, taking as muscle stem cells and making muscle cells from these stem cells, I don't think that, you know, these um, homebrew or special or Japanese, Turkish, Russian, United States will make a difference. So I think this is homebrew thing is more, I think it's a little bit, you know, this is something that I probably, you know, it, in future it will be okay. But now, nowadays, this is not our concern now. 
So will your team be exploring other types of meats, uh, meats other than beef uh, in the future? And if so, what is, what's next? Now, we look for this in two, in two uh, perspectives. Now, first in Turkey, so we get some money from the, our government. Uh, we apply for investment. As you know, in Muslim countries, um, the pork, the meat, um, many people don't eat pork. So in our portfolio, the pork uh, does not rank at the top. So what we are thinking is other than the meat or the beef is the chicken and the fish. So this is something that we are planning to uh, increase at the first time. But because of the and the, all the you know the Muslim and the Islamic as an Islamic country and also in the part of the Middle East, I would say pork will not be top priority to to continue. But I mean, but we are going to apply about you know the, our cocktail. So we are planning we are using this in in the beef now, but we are going to do it in the uh, uh, test it in the pork stem cells also. But this is something different for your question. Uh, other than beef, in the future. Uh, based on if it's in Turkey, we are or the Islamic countries, it's the beef, fish, and the chicken. But for our research, we are also going to continue on the pork. Uh, one last question before we close out: How big is your team now, and are you guys currently hiring? We are four people now. So I told you earlier, my, my previous student, he's a uh, PhD now, and he's responsible for the scientific, also the achievement of our company. And we have one financial officer, and we have one who is also part, you know, the co-founder of our company. And also we have another person who is working on the not like the financial, but it's for the European or uh, or the United States business opportunities. So we are at this point four people, two of us, me and the Dr. Er Erdem Erikci. We are in the kitchen. We are doing the things at this point, and the, the other two, four, two people are, you know, trying to figure out the business and the uh, business opportunities. And we have also a public relation person who, uh, part-time working part-time relation person, who is uh, she. The, her task is to to ask people what do you think about this clean meat first of all uh, to public, and then, for example, if when a television uh, interviews me, I know all the questions that is going to come because I already get from this public relation officer of, of our company. So we are also trying to find, like in the United States, some people who are high profile in Turkey, like, you know, the artists and the singers and that kind of stuff, like Leonardo DiCaprio or like the, the they have in the United States. These are the people who are very famous, popular in Turkey. So we are communicating on those people for the investment now. You can learn more about BeefTech at www.beeftech.co. That's B-I-F-T-E-K dot C-O. John, are there any last insights, announcements, or thoughts that you might want to share with us today? We are looking for the investors. We have some uh, investors, but we are looking for to increase these investors and also looking for the collaboration. So if, you know, if someone talks to us, talk about some collaboration, it will be great. John, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. Thank you, Alex, so much. This is your host, Alex, and we look forward to being with you on our next episode. As always, thanks for listening. 
Support future episodes at patreon.com slash futurefoodshow.